Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Wednesday, August 30th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Coming up, we'll hear reaction to Gillingham's defeat to a Premier League side in the second round of the Carabao Cup. But first, McDonald's bosses have apologised to a dad after what he thought was ketchup on a burger wrapper turned out to be human blood. Kate joins me now with more details on this story. So how exactly did it happen? Well, Lewis Lawrence went to the McDonald's in Minster near Ramsgate to get lunch for his family. When he got home and unwrapped his triple cheeseburger, he noticed red marks on the paper. The 35-year-old said he assumed it was tomato sauce, so he licked it before realising it was blood. He claims to have found more of it on food he'd given to his girlfriend and five-year-old son. They threw it all away and Lewis went back to the restaurant where staff told him the wrappers would be sent to a lab to be tested. He was so worried about consuming it, he contacted healthcare professionals for advice. And I understand it took more than four weeks for McDonald's to respond to the incident. Yes, that's right. He finally got an email with an apology and an explanation for where the blood came from. It said just before Lewis's visit, a member of staff received a small cut which was treated immediately, but it seems some blood got onto the cheeseburger packaging before it was noticed. The company's admitted it's absolutely unacceptable and later sent him £10 worth of vouchers. When contacted by Kent Online, a spokesperson said, food safety is of the utmost importance to us and we place great emphasis on quality control following rigorous standards to avoid any imperfections. As soon as this was brought to our attention, all relevant actions, including sanitising the area, were completed in store. Thanks, Kate. Kent Online reports. In other news, a man who raped a woman after offering to walk her home from a night out in New Romney is facing time behind bars. A court heard Robert Mills had a knife as he led his victim through woodland to a caravan in Greatstone. The 28-year-old from Hardy Road is due to be sentenced in December. A bus driver's gone on trial accused of causing the death of a Medway woman outside Victoria Station in London. 32-year-old Melissa Burr from Raynham was killed when a parked bus was hit from behind and pushed into her two years ago. Olusofa Papula, who's 60 and from Peckham, denies causing death by dangerous driving. Now, a Kent MP is among those stuck abroad because of air traffic control problems. A glitch on Bank Holiday Monday led to hundreds of flights being cancelled and there's a warning disruption could last all week. Nicola's been reading what Tracy Crouch has posted on socials. Well, the Chatham and Ellsford rep has been on holiday in Cyprus and was due to fly home today. She took to Insta to say that flight had been cancelled and the next available direct one wasn't until Monday. She added she's not sure what's and the Commons whips would have to say about that as her son's due in class and she's supposed to be at work. In a bid to get back home, she's taken the offer of an indirect flight late on Friday. Thousands of other people are also stranded with reports of some sleeping on airport floors and being left without food. It's understood the technical issue was caused by a single piece of flight data being misfiled. Chris Scoble is a travel agent in Tunbridge Wells and has been speaking to Abby from our colleagues at KMTV. The system that plans all the flights coming into the UK airports failed, as simple as that, which again I find quite staggering in this day and age, such an important piece of um, technology has no backup system that can override um, a glitch of this kind because it's clearly affected many, many people. What's the advice? What are people being told to do? 
Well, I think the advice is obviously contact your travel provider, whether that be an airline directly or whether that would be an agent like ourselves, um, get their advice. But if you can stay put in your hotel, you can always track your flight, stay put in your hotel. You know, you don't really want to be sitting in that airport for 10 to 12 hours. Um, my next thing would say, but just make sure that when you do travel, if you're not being communicated with by your third party, make sure that when you take any taxis, um, you take any hotels or any expenses that you keep a copy of the receipts and you spend the, um, you know, the, the amount that you would normally spend, you know, don't overspend and you will get compensated. What rights do travellers have? Is this something that's covered under holiday insurance? How does it work? Yeah, I mean, a certain part of it would be covered under holiday insurance potentially, but obviously they will always be covered in place through your travel provider, i.e. the airline um, who is duty bound after a certain delay of a certain period within Europe um, to compensate, not necessarily compensate you, but to at least make sure that you are um, not out of pocket. And Chris, how often do we see issues like this happen? Um, we've seen travel chaos before, problems at airports keeping people stranded, but what about issues like this with air traffic control? Um, not very often. Uh, this system itself, I think, found once in 40 years. So, I mean, I wouldn't be too looking into this as a, uh, you know, something that's going to reoccur. When it comes to travel chaos, we've had that over the summer to an extent, but I think we also need to always realise that there is a lot of flights that go. Uh, we see pictures and we see certain people, you know, customers have gone through a really bad time, but there's many, many millions indeed that have actually got flights and gone on holiday and had a good time. So, you know, we do have trouble. These things happen. Uh, unfortunately, human error is something that we, uh, uh, is in life, isn't it? Eurostar's putting on extra trains to try and help holidaymakers caught up in the disruption. Some airlines are also making extra seats available to catch up with the backlog. Elsewhere today, a court's heard how a man smashed a car windscreen with a hammer and dragged a driver from the vehicle after it crashed into his wife's car in Gravesend. The car had left the scene but was spotted by the 41-year-old later in the day. He's avoided being sent to prison with a six-month sentence suspended for a year. Two muggers who robbed a man just minutes after he'd withdrawn £2,000 from a bank in Folkestone have been sent to prison. The pair spotted the victim at a branch of HSBC in July, then threatened him before snatching his bag. A court heard they'd got more than 50 previous convictions for almost 100 offences between them and have now been locked up for a total of more than seven years. There's anger as graffiti's been sprayed on the walls of Rochester Castle. A picture of a flower and a duck are among the tags scrawled in red, blue and orange paint. Medway Council say they're making arrangements to get the graffiti removed and there are calls for CCTV to be installed to catch any future culprits. Kent Online News. A dad whose baby son died after choking at a nursery in Ashford is campaigning to get special anti-choking devices installed in all childcare settings. Oliver Steeper passed away in September 2021 after an incident at Jelly Beans Day Nursery. His parents are now raising money for special kit that uses suction to remove objects from people's airways. Lauren's been chatting to Oliver's dad, Lewis. So we started the fundraiser with the initial £5,000 target, which hopefully um, will buy us uh, somewhere in the region around uh, 100 devices. Um, which then come in a wall-mounted kit, um, so they'll be in one place, you know, they're not shoved in cupboards somewhere where they can't find them. 
Um, so it'd be all static static boxes. Um, but yeah, so that we started the we started the the fundraiser um, basically just to get the ball rolling. Um, we didn't expect the level of support we got. Um, to be fair, it's absolutely incredible. Um, every time we look back at it, it's gone up. You know, um, and I just we you know we can't thank the generosity of people. And I mean, it's everywhere. It's worldwide. We've we had a seven hundred pound donation from New York. It's just absolutely incredible. The device has a soft face mask, almost like an oxygen mask. It comes in four different sizes. Um, you've got a paediatric, small child, small adult, and a large adult. So you connect the mask to the device, which is literally just a push and pull. When it comes to an emergency, take the plastic, the mask, the face mask, push it in. That then goes over the face, and then you push in, which does nothing, um, because the the one way valve in inside uh, doesn't allow air to be passed through, uh, pushing it, the obstruction further in. The actual force is created when you pull out, which then sucks hopefully the obstruction out of the airway, back into the mask, uh, hopefully freeing the airway of the child or the adult or anyone really who can who's susceptible to choking, which is any human being in the world. And do you believe if they'd had the this device at Jelly Beans Nursery that it could have helped to save Oliver's life? A hundred percent. You know, we from from the demonstrations we've seen, uh, you know, we had Matt come over from LifeHack itself with a, with a dummy um, and we put an obstruction into the dummy's throat um, you know, and we used the life hack, and it wasn't a small obstruction. It was quite a large one, um, and it literally just came flying out. You know, and I think, you know, we'll never know for certain, obviously, with Oliver, um, but we think having that would have been possibly a lifesaver for Oliver. So far, they've raised more than £4,000. We've shared a link to the donation page in the story at Kent Online. Plans to turn a former pub in Gravesend into a house of multiple occupancies has been turned down. Developers wanted to convert the Crown and Thistle in the town centre into a six-bed property, but council bosses say it would be harmful to the Grade 2 listed building. It's thought to have opened as a pub back in the 1850s, but closed in 2015. It's feared rivers in Kent could end up more polluted after the government confirmed plans to scrap rules to allow for more house building. Previously, developers haven't been able to build in protected areas or have had to pay to make sure waterways aren't negatively affected. But ministers want to get rid of the EU legislation so 100,000 homes can be built by 2030. Maidstone Green Party councillor Stephen Thompson is concerned. We've already got significant issues in our our waterways um so just before i spoke to you i was walking along the uh, the river medway um uh, towards maidstone that the water flow there is very slow uh the water is green uh, that's a good color but it probably tells us that there's a large quantity of um, farm um wash off of slurry and um uh, other chemicals that are uh, changing the ecological balance of the river uh, we know there isn't enough uh, water in the river from uh, rainfall because it's being abstracted and sent elsewhere uh, in, in general. Uh, there are chemicals, so-called forever chemicals, in, in our water supply that are being um, uh, that our government is saying that should be allowed at higher than safe levels in our drinking water. Uh, we all are very familiar with the, with the sewage situation. 
Um, so the, the state of our rivers is already uh, parlous and um, our, our uh, political friends are giving knee-jerk reactions or simply telling us that things are too expensive to fix. Um, our children need to live uh, healthy lives in this environment in the future. Uh, there's no point um, playing about, playing games or, or giving sound bites. We need people to um, join up um, housing and farming and uh, the way we produce our food. Uh, all of these things need to be put together. And um, today's announcement doesn't show us uh, any indication that's the sort of thinking that is being brought to the table. They've said that money will be made available to mitigate any problems. Does does that do anything to um, alleviate your concerns at all? Uh, well, I think the simple observation is whose money is it? Um, it appears that after abstracting 70 billions of um, shareholder dividends to the uh, water processing and sewage uh, processing companies, so-called, um, since they were privatised, we now have to pay for that. Um, the last figure that I saw was an extra 140 million of taxpayers' money being put into uh, the budget so that house builders wouldn't be paying for the um, costs of uh, runoff or nutrient enrichment caused by this new house building, but rather that we would. Uh, so that's outrageous. And it, is, it, it means that the house builders are going to continue to abstract profits from the uh, the houses that they sell, whether that's um, uh, high end um, housing stock or so-called affordable housing, which whichever of that it might be. Um, it, once again, it's us that's paying for these things. And don't get me wrong. Um, I have three children in their early 20s, one of whom is paying exorbitant rent to a private landlord in, in London. Uh, one is newly married and living in a in a, in a small flat uh, while studying, and the third has just escaped from university and looking forward to finding somewhere to live. I'm extremely motivated about uh, about young people having affordable housing, uh, but what we're hearing today uh, is not um, the the right sort of answer. What we're hearing from Mr. Gove is first and foremost get the economy moving. Uh, this is this is not a, a recipe for the health of our, our planet or of our people. The government says taxpayer money will be used to mitigate any issues instead. The Kent Wildlife Trust has also issued a statement condemning the move. Their chief exec, Craig Bennett, said these rules are about preventing pollution, not housing. Piling on pollution from developers into rivers already suffocating from poo and agriculture pollution will only mean greater pressure is put on farmers to make bigger and faster cuts to nutrient pollution. Kent Online reports. Not a single fine has been issued to lorry drivers since a quiet zone was put in place on the A20 heading into Dover. People living nearby say they're still being kept awake at night by truckers sounding their horns. Lorries are queued up on the road while they wait to get into the port. Experts might be called in to check the stability of Deal Pier after pictures showed the legs holding it up are rusting away. Head to Kent Online to see the images. Now councillors are going to be asked to vote on whether a full structural survey should be carried out on the attraction, which welcomes thousands of people every year. Swanley's become the first town in the country to twin with a city in Ukraine since the war began. A ceremony's been held with officials from Fastiv appearing remotely. They've been linked as mark of solidarity following Russia's invasion. 
And if the cloud stays away, you should be able to see a supermoon in the skies over Kent tonight. It's also combined with a blue moon, which is the name given to the second full moon of the month. It's rare for both to happen at the same time, with the last one in 2009. It'll peak in the early hours of tomorrow. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are out of the Carabao Cup after losing to Premier League side Luton Town. The Jills were 2-0 down at half-time but fought back with a final score of 3-2 in their second round match away from home. Manager Neil Harris spoke to us afterwards and seemed pleased with his players' performance. Really proud of the group. You know, Fantastic second half effort. Uh, we put a Premier League side under real pressure at moments of the game. Um, to show the character and personality we did when we went 2-0 down after 35 minutes, uh, teams might, may have crumbled against some, some quality opposition, um, but we didn't. We, we regrouped at half-time and, and had a right go second half and, and, and disappointed with the first goal. When the first goal, the second goal was a weldy, uh, Premier League standard from Alfie, um, and the third one is against a runner play, but again, Premier League standard. Um, and to get back to... 2-1 and 3-2 and, and build a bit of pressure and momentum we just didn't have that next moment and at the end we could have scored and McCauley Bond has a great chance at 2-1 and, and, and they're, they're the margins that when you go against top players you can fall the wrong side of um, but the group's disappointed they've not got the penalties or won the game um, but I'm really proud of the group and uh, yeah, sets us uh, back on a good pathway for Saturday. I thought we had some excellent passages of play. I thought we, we, we were really brave with the ball at times. I thought we were going to really good areas, especially second half. I thought we asked a lot of questions of Luton. Um, I thought they showed some real ability as well at times and, and some real pace um, and, and quality to, to find shooting opportunities. But the scoreline is very close and you know we, t we, t we take huge um, credit from that. You know, rotated players tonight um, with utmost respect to the competition that I felt like I was bringing in good players as well as taking some senior players out that, that's maybe struggled three games in a week. Um, we changed shape obviously um, for the first time this season um, and really enjoyed it. You know, and there's something certainly you know we've got to look at um, going into Saturday's game. Um, so I thought everybody that came in did extremely well. Um, obviously we've got Ethan Coleman missing because of a ban, which is unfortunate. Um, and then obviously the injuries to, to, to George and Dom um, and, and Ollie. But you know, we're in a strong position at the moment and, and after five wins to have a mad twenty minutes like we did on Saturday, um, to bounce back with that performance is really really strong by the group. Midfielder Jaden Clark scored his first goal for the Jills last night. He's been telling us what it was like to play against a top team. It was a great experience for everyone involved. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. I think all the players really enjoyed it. It was a good game. Unlucky not to get anything out of it. You know, I think two two of their goals were yeah, it showed why they're a prem team. Um, at two nil, we obviously we said at half time like the next goal is is crucial. It can if they score it, it's, it can deflate us a little bit. But luckily we got it and it lifted us. But yeah, unfortunately that third goal, great finish. Um, so yeah, we just got unlucky really. But yeah, it was a great feeling to score. I think everyone in our dressing room feels like we could have got more out of the game especially obviously with the chances we had. And yeah, 3-2 is one goal's difference um, to take it to penalties. But yeah, as I said, we just we move on now. Um, don't dwell on that and then try to bounce back in the league on Saturday against Grimsby. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories. Direct your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. 
This is the Kent Online Podcast.